Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 with a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us this is contending for the faith with dr jerry buckner and now to introduce dr jerry buckner here's gary bell good evening and welcome to contending for the faith we are the cutting edge christian apologetic ministry Addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part three in our new series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned, attacked, denied, eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned but we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, we want to encourage you to get your pens and papers uh, and prepare to enter a Bible school on the airway. Uh, This is a tremendous uh, program, Contending for the Faith, and we don't deal with bones, we deal with spiritual meat. And so we're going to continue, as Brother Gary said, with part three on this vital series on the heart of who God is, which is the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity, as I said uh, last uh, week, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, and neither are the words Bible, incarnation, rapture, theocratic kingdom, that Joe witnesses like to use. Uh, But the evidence of the concept can be found in God's revelation of his word, And this is not speculation, this is revelation from God's nature, essence, and being. We cannot comprehend the concept of the Trinity, but we can apprehend the concept of the Trinity. We can answer the question by asking a series of if propositions uh, that will lay out, like I laid out in my book on the Trinity, the if propositions, is a phrase coined by my mentor, the late Dr. Walter R. Martin. And I would like to expound on this phrase from a biblical perspective. Tonight, we're gonna deal with the if proposition, if it can be shown, if it can be shown, 
that uh, there is one God, if it can be shown that there is one God in the Bible, somebody might say, like Jehovah's Witnesses, it doesn't say that. Well, let's look in the Bible to see if it's true. You notice how I'm using the if word, if, if it can be shown that there is one God. And we will demonstrate as we go in this series uh, in the coming weeks, if it can be shown that there's not only one God, but if it can be shown that this one God is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a great theologian or logician to figure this out. You just have to be open to the Holy Spirit convicting you and open up your eyes and ears to see the truth of God's word. Now, there is evidence and testimony that the, that the consistency throughout the pages of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation teaches that there is one true God. Now, notice I said one true God. I'm not going to say that there is just one God only, but there's only one true God. And we know that's the God of the Bible. And that one true God has demonstrated himself in archaeology and prophecy and manuscripts and, and uh, the testimony of people who uh, lost their lives for the cause of the truth of the gospel. One of the greatest testimonies, talking about testimony, one of the greatest testimony to be found in Scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. You want to write that down. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. This is the most important verse Jews memorized in the Bible uh, was Deuteronomy 6 and 4. This is called the Shema. The Shema. The prayer that the Jews would pray uh, about three times a day is how serious Deuteronomy 6 and 4 was to the Jews. It goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. At this juncture, I am going to teach you a little bit of Hebrew tonight. Uh, again, Deuteronomy 6 and 4 was in uh, biblical days, the most important verse Jews memorized in the Bible. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh, is one Hebrew, Echad, Echad, it's E-C-H-A-D, Echad, that's how you say it in Hebrew, Echad, you know, with a guttural type sound, Echad. There are a few words in Hebrew that the Holy Spirit could have used a word that has one exclusive meaning, the numeric Solidarity of oneness of God, Yaqid, Yaqid. Now that's Y A C H I D. Now Yaqid, that the Jews and the anti-Trinitarians substituted for Echad. So they a lot of times when people cannot get the Bible to say what they wanted to say, they always try to substitute other words in the place of Echad. Yahid. Now, the Bible says, and it's very clear, not only in the Old Testament, but New Testament, the book of Revelation, anyone that add or take away from this book, God will take away his part. Now, we got to take serious the words of God 
especially not only in uh, English, but especially in Hebrew. <laughs> you better not be messing with the Hebrew because that's getting to the original words of God now through the, the writers. Instead, the Holy Spirit chose to inspire Moses to use the Hebrew word ekad, which is used most often as a unified one and sometimes a numeric oneness. In other words, sometime in the Hebrew, it can be referring to one, or it can be a numeric one, meaning God is uh, one God revealed in three distinct persons. Let me give you, kind of give you an example of this. When God said in Genesis 2 and verse 24, the two shall become one, ekad, the, the um, Hebrew word there is ekad. The two shall become one ekad, flesh. It is the same Hebrew word for one that was used in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Now, this is an important point to listen carefully to. This is the most troubling for Jews and anti-Trinitarians since the word yakid, the main Hebrew word for absolute solidarity of oneness, is never, let me say this again, is never, let me say it one more time, is never uh, refers to ever God in the Bible. Yakid, but ekad. Now, let me give you a uh, a few more scriptures on this, and then I might have to pick up with it again a little bit uh, next week. But now here are some other scriptures that teaches that God is one God. Deuteronomy 4 and 35. Deuteronomy 4 and 35. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Now, this is important for us to understand. From the uh, Mount Sinai on, God showed in human history through the nation of Israel that he was the only true God, and besides him, there was no other God. Now, I know religions of the world don't like to hear that, and cults don't like to hear that, but that's the Bible. That's the word of God. And God demonstrated that he was unique above every other God because there was no other God that did the miracles that God did throughout the Old Testament. And one of the major miracles was delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt and opening up the Red Sea like an envelope on the Monday morning. And yet, that was one of the most massive baptisms that ever took place in the history of the world. <laughs> what I mean by that is that when the children of Israel went through, they were went through alive. When the Egyptians went through, they were submerged underneath and they died. And so that was one of the most massive baptisms ever took place in the history of the world. Now, this is important for us to know. Now, Isaiah 43 and 10. I'm going to say a little bit on this, and then I'll pick up with this some more next week. Isaiah 43 and 10 is a massive scripture on God being the only true God. This is what the Bible says. This is not Buckner. This is the Bible. 
It says in Isaiah 43 and 10, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Now, listen to this carefully. God says several things in this verse of scripture. You are my witnesses. Witnesses of what? That he did miracles, that he did powerful works, that he did deliverances, he did mighty things that no other God could do and no other God can do today. I don't care what religion it is. And the things that Jesus did, no other man can match it. That puts Jesus in a class separate from all of the so-called prophets and seers and people who claim to be God. He says, you are my witnesses. Now, witnesses of what? Everything he did, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I've chosen that you may know. Now, God is emphasizing important things. Know, believe, understand. I am he. That's the divine name for God. I am. Remember when Moses says, when I go before the children of Israel and they shall ask of me, what is your name? What should I say? He says, I am that I am. He's saying it here again. I am he. Nobody else can claim to say I am he, but the God of the Bible. Before me, there was no God form, nor shall there be after me. In other words, nobody else can make it into Godhood, but God alone. There's no God before me. There's no God after me. I'm exclusive. And I'm going to talk about this next time, this Isaiah 43 and 10, because all of the cults, all of the false religions have not taken a long look at this verse of scripture. And I'm going to say this and close on it. The first false religion on man believing that he can become a God started in the Garden of Eden. You said, what do you mean by that? I thought it started with Mormonism. I thought it started with Hinduism. I thought it started with the New Age. No, it started with Satan in the Garden of Eden. When he intruded himself into the Garden of Eden, he told Adam and Eve, and told Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will become as gods, knowing good and evil. And they bit into that satanic sandwich lie. And the world today has been biting into that same lie today. Repent, my friend, confess your sins. If you don't believe Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit is the only true God, my challenge to you right now is to say these words that I'm going to say to you. Lord, I confess my sins for not believing who you are. I repent of my sins. I turn to you today as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the only true God. He that has an ear, let him hear of the echad. The only one true God. Amen. Brother Gary. All right. <clears throat> well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. 
If you have some concerns about things going on in the realm of Christianity, or if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. We want to thank all of you who have, over these many, many years of us being on the air, have kept this ministry in prayer. And we know that your prayers have touched heaven and that this ministry has been a blessing and has been blessed because of your prayers. And so we can't thank you enough. And also we'll thank those who have partnered with us financially over the years. Those of you who have generously supported Contending for the Faith. It is so important that you're consistent in your prayers and that you're consistent in giving. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now we are running behind by $260. So we really need you to step up to the plate and knock a home run for contending for the faith. It takes more than two or three people to, to give. We need all of us to step up and to participate through prayer as well as giving. And that way, you know, the old saying is true, many hands make light work. And we know that uh, more of you that give, the, 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 we don't need as many all, all the time, but if we can get folks to just be consistent in their giving, uh, we wouldn't have to worry about being uh, behind. We can get ahead. And we know that God can work all these things out. So we want to encourage you tonight to continue to pray for contending for the faith and continue to give. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, you can send a check or money order to contending for the faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's contending for the faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just get on your smartphone or your tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So, again, we want to encourage you, if you've never... Um, given to the ministry, now's the time to step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith so that we can get out of the, of the deficit mode and, and get into that positive black mode like we always want to stay in. So we want to encourage you. Now's the time to give. Now's the time to pray. Dr. Butler. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate uh, those announcements and uh, encouraging words. And we do thank all of you for your prayers and your ongoing support for continuing for the faith, but uh, we want to encourage people to continue to uh, be faithful and uh, we can uh, be faithful to teaching. So if you're not faithful to giving, it affects us towards being faithful to teaching you every week. All right, Brother Gary, you want to get to some of our callers? Yes, uh, we are going to go to CC on line one. I know he has an interesting question. Hello there, Brother CC. Hey, how you doing? No, oh, we're truly blessed. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Oh, good, good. You keep on hanging in there and keep the faith and not only keep it, but share it. And how did the uh, word of God speak to you tonight on the oneness of God? First, um, first, I just never, I never heard it. I never heard it brought down like that when you went back to the um, to the Hebrew because I really like, I'm really interested. I like, I really like studying Hebrew and Greek, so I really liked how you um, went to those words and then how you how you um, 
just brought the whole message out. I mean, it was it was really uh, theological, really broke broken down really good, and it was very clear too. And I, I like the not only your introduction, but then your conclusion. And um, he was in um, Isaiah forty three, and you basically broke that down. Then you went back to where we talked about Adam being he was the actually was the first one to be you know the, the first try to be God and. That's amazing because a lot, a lot of times people don't trace it back to that. You know, they trace it back to other things, like you said, like the Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons or all these other cults and different groups. And you um, did a really good job defining uh, the Word of God. I really appreciate it. I'm pretty sure that the listening audience do, too, as well as those at the studio. Well, thank you so much. appreciate always your uh, good feedback, and we uh, trust that uh, you'll continue to take what you learned hear from the program and share it with others. And what's oh, on your heart tonight, my brother? What's your, what question you have? I wanted to ask your intake um, on the subject matter of antinomianism. Okay, what makes you ask that question? I'm just curious. Um, I read Romans 6 and um, read, read through that chapter, and it seemed, you know, the way, way, the way that chapter opened up, the Apostle Paul in verse 1, um, it seemed that as if the Jews, I mean, not the Jews, the Gentiles were actually, uh, they had an antinomian approach in that chapter. I've been looking over it, and so I wanted to ask you your, your intake on that. Mm-hmm. And what did you come up when you came up with a uh, study of that word? Well, I haven't really studied the word. I just reading. I was reading through the chapter, but what I came up with is is that the Jews in themselves were they felt they they felt since they were under grace that they could disregard the law, and they were they were moving into that approach. Well, shall we sin so that grace may abound? So let's let's continue to sin so God could be more gracious. And that was I feel like that's an abuse on the part of uh, the Gentiles to have that kind of mindset. And even though, and even in terms of them, when we see the terms in there about us being baptized in Christ and we died to sin and what it represented of us being um, inexorably connected to the death of Christ and what he died for, for us to go back to that lifestyle is um, a complete misapprehension and disregard to uh, the finished work of Christ, of him is his substitutionary Tony work of him and being a propitiation for our sins and him laying down his life. Mm-hmm. Well, you hit it right on the nose. Uh, I can't really improve upon that too much, uh, what you had said. And, uh, uh, you know, and I know that uh, earlier in history, uh, the uh, early church fathers had rejected it. You know, they literally, uh, you know, Martin Luther, uh, coined the term uh, and uh, talked about this term and uh, John uh, Wesley as well as uh, uh, they literally looked at it as uh, heresy uh, and stuff like that. And I think when it comes to the the law itself, because the view pretty much rejected laws or legalism and argued against moral and religious and social norms uh, and it literally uh, comes from the Greek itself, the, the Greek word, 
but they they literally uh, got to the point that they felt that Christians aren't bound by moral law, but come to be guided by an inner light. And I think we got to be very careful when we uh, there's we have to make a distinction between what is uh, moral law and what is um, uh, you know ceremonial and civil uh, laws because we're no longer under a moral law i mean civil laws or uh, laws like that or ceremonial but we're still under moral law in the sense that you know uh we should not kill we should not steal and uh, commit adultery and fornication so we gotta be discerning and protect moral law but at the same time don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But pretty much what you, the where you're coming from, pretty much you said it all in a nutshell. Can't add too much more to that. So appreciate uh, your study and appreciate you uh, being deep in the word and staying faithful to the word. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I thank you for the information you got. Um, actually, um, take that and soak it up because I don't ever think that. I can know too much, you know. The more, the more I learn, the more, I, the more I feel, the more I feel, the more ignorant I am at times. It's like, whoa, I, I, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm always open to learn, even if I've studied something over and over. And somebody mentions something, and there's some meat in it, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to add it on to that subject matter and continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of God, so I can share it with others, like you said. There you go. That's the that's the key. Well, keep on studying and and uh, you know. And listening to the program and share it with others, because, uh, like I said, this is uh, this program is like being just like in Bible school uh, seminary, because you're gonna learn a whole lot. But I appreciate your studious spirit. And uh, you have any prayer requests? Uh, yeah, just if you can, just go ahead and um, same thing. Just pray for my mom and my family. And for me, I'm I'm doing some deep studies in Revelation, Romans, and the whole book of Romans, the whole book of Daniel, Revelation. So I want to I'm studying in terms of, you know, all the history, and I really need God's help in that. He's, I'm actually doing some overview on that, so I want him to help me in that. And then if we could just lift up um, the, um, the president, because then he's going to need God's wisdom and guidance, as well as his protection, his administration in terms of us, in terms of this uh, country. Amen. That's a good prayer request right there. All righty. Well, we're going to ask Brother Gary to lead us in prayer on that because we take prayer serious uh, with the callers. All right. Well, Lord, we just lift up these requests that CC has put forth. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless him with wisdom and supernatural understanding and discernment when it comes to your word, particularly in these areas of Daniel, Romans, and Revelations, that you would guide and direct him in all truth, Lord God, by your spirit, we pray for his family, that you continue to be with them and protect them. We pray for our president and as well as all of our leaders from the from the White House to the farmhouse. We pray, Lord God, that you raise up righteous men and women who would lead by following your lead, Lord God. As the word of God says that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord God, we look to heaven, we look to your throne and not to the Oval Office. We look to the throne of grace because we know that you're in charge, that you're in control, and that nothing happens apart from your will. So we thank you, we praise you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. 
And thank you, Brother Cece, for your call. Thank and your you. Questions, and your question as well. God bless you, and uh, keep at it, brother. Keep at it. Thank you. God bless you guys. You got it. Uh, brother, right. Gary, we have some more time. We got three minutes to maybe get started with our next caller. Uh, right. Greg, are you there? Yes. How yeah, you doing, hi, brother? Hi, Doctor Buckner. Well, thanks for taking my call um, well, tonight. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling back as well, my brother. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Very cool taking my call. Thanks. Um, but tonight, I want to talk a little more about abortion because I remember Doctor R.C. Sproul <clears throat> once on his broadcast saying that um, he he said that uh, he knows from reading the Bible that God hates abortion. Now, I thought the way he put that, to me, that was very powerful, and I never forgot that. I mean, he was, I think he was going through some questions, and he didn't, he didn't elaborate on, on it because he had to get on to something else. But um, I wanted to ask you ab- about, about this, you know, taken from what R.C. said. He's not with us anymore, so I, I can't ask him. Um, but you know, I, I know that there's things talked about life in the Bible, but to you, how would you come across to somebody explaining them how, if you, if you even agree with what, what R.C. said, that that God hates abortion, um, how, how would you tell somebody, you know, you hear the typical response, so, um, you know, the typical response of, uh, you know, women should have a right to do anything with their body and like that. And something else I want to add, I'm, I'm 65 years old, and I just remember when I was a kid growing up in the whole culture and society, in the movies and the media, it was always so special when, when a lady, when, when the wife got pregnant, you know, it was like the, the most sacred thing in the world. And it was like, you know, those parents would give their lives without even a thought um, to, to protect that baby and even give their own lives for that. It was in the movies. It was in real life. I mean, Dr. Buckner, tell me if I'm exaggerating about that. I'm probably older than you, but, but that's what I remember growing up, how sacred it was to have a, you know, once the lady found out she was pregnant, it was all exciting and the most important thing on, on planet earth. So I, those, everything I said, um, I, I hope you can you could respond to. Okay, we're going to have to take the yes. response after the commercial break, Craig. So hang in there. We'll get back to that response as soon as we take our commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We'd like to thank all of you again for your continuous prayers over Contending for the Faith. We thank you because we know the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And thank you so much for praying for us all these years. And also we want to thank you for participating and partnering with us financially to keep this ministry going. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and we need your financial support in order to do it. Right now, we are 
running behind by $260. So we need you to step up to the plate. It takes more than two or three people to give. We need everybody to help us out and to provide and to give to contending for the faith. It's so important. There's two ways that you can donate. You can simply write a check or money order to contending for the faith and send it to P.O. Box number 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's contending for the faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, and Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And we were uh, talking with uh, Craig before the uh, commercial break, and he had a question on abortion. Yeah. I had mentioned R.C. Sproul around uh, him saying that uh, God hates uh, abortion. And I, I, are you there, Craig? Uh, yes, sir, I'm there. And also, okay. you know, if you can... Maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe I'm lying. People or youngsters are out there thinking, you know, when I was growing up, it was that kind of atmosphere when a, when, when a lady was pregnant and it was like the most sacred thing you could ever, ever imagine. Um, you know, am I exaggerating that, Dr. Dr. Buckner? Well, uh, well, or... Let me just say this. Uh, no, you're not exaggerating it. You're right on point with that. And I appreciate uh, you uh, bringing it out about those women as well as yourself and R.C. Sproul. Uh, I think the, the, the most important thing for us when it comes to abortion and the whole issues around it is that we uh, look at what God has to say about the subject matter. And when you uh, look at uh, Exodus chapter 20, um, in that chapter with the Ten Commandments, one of the things that God made very clear, and it's a moral law, that, uh, you know, thou shalt not kill. That's the uh, the uh, old King James language, but in the Hebrew, it's thou shalt not murder, and that's premeditated murder. Abortion is premeditated murder, and God says thou shalt not murder. Now, when God says that we need to listen to what God says, and then when you link uh, Exodus 20 with Revelation 21 and verse 8, you may want to write that down, Revelation 21 and verse 8, uh, in the list of those who will be uh, sentenced unto the lake of fire, uh, he says he lists murderers. Um, you know, so... Uh, that's a serious thing. He says murderers, and people need to take this serious, not only when it comes to um, abortion, but when it comes to killing uh, another person that's created in the Imago Dei and the image of God. It goes just beyond just abortion, but it goes to the level of people murdering other people. It also goes to the level of self-suicide, because uh, God says, no, I didn't give you the prerogative to give life, nor to take it. Uh, and Job says, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in this list of Revelation 21 and 8, 
uh, with this list is those who uh, will be cast into the lake of fire as a, a murderers. And, you know, God showed his attitude regarding this thing when you go in the Old Testament with uh, people, uh, the even the, the pagans, but the Israelites were involved with uh, throwing their babies into the fire uh, to, to the god Molech. And God judged them for that because God takes it very serious when we take his creation in the womb or outside the womb and uh, bring this sort of uh, mutilation to life. And uh, one more thing, too, I want to say that uh, people need to understand the founder of, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood, they need to understand that uh, Margaret, she even went as far as uh, saying and teaching that uh, bring a genocide upon every black child there is, you know, that, you know, you go to the black communities and just uh, wipe out these black kids. So this is something serious that God takes very serious. And, and uh, hopefully I've shed some light on this, but we have to go to the word above everything else, what we feel, what we think, and what we speculate. It's not about speculation when it comes to abortion. It's about revelation. Dr. Buckner, I'm going to add Psalm 139 and 13, where it's, you know, it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So that's God speaking to the personhood of that child. That child is, it's a person. It's not an embryo. It's not a, it's not a pound of flesh. It's a person that God knew and foreknew. Yes. So this is, this is, you know, a critical thing that Absolutely. God has purpose in, 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 in his creation of life. Yes. Well, that's another good scripture and we better not mess with it. Well, Craig, hopefully that helped uh, some. Uh, we got a lineup of callers. Uh, call back okay. again, my brother, and let's, uh, let's dialogue some more, okay? Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Buckner. You got it, my brother, and keep praying for us and we'll pray for you and, uh, uh, you know, call us back again sometime in the near future. Oh, great. Well, I appreciate that. Thank, thank you guys. Okay. Take care. All right. God bless. All right, brother Gary. Uh, All right. The next we, yes. We got Sophia waiting patiently. Sophia, how you doing? Oh, um, um, I'm very blessed. And, and, um, I, 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 I had the question, but because of Craig's call, I'm going to reserve my question till next week and ask another question, if that's mm -hmm. okay. Uh, what's on your heart? Well, I'm sorry. I'm a little, uh, I'm upset. I'll be honest. I don't want to make a big deal of it, but I did have a uh, miscarriage. I can tell that gentleman that even now there's nothing more wonderful than having uh, know you, you're creating a baby in your, your body. And, and it was very painful to lose that baby, and then I lost the ability to have any more. So, mm. so it, 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 I just want to say there's nothing. It is God's work inside of me. And I, my, I have a question for you. I'm sorry, I'm a little shaken up because I didn't know the subject would come up, and I don't talk about these things normally. But with a, since I lost my child, uh, he was born 
a, a, a stillborn, I guess they say. But anyway, will he go to heaven? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you remember Jesus had said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such as the kingdom of God. So they're already the kingdom of God. And then another good example, uh, do some homework uh, on uh, David. You remember he had uh, ended up committing adultery and murder oh, Bathsheba, uh, yeah. with Bathsheba. And mm -hmm. then uh, he ended up having a, a kid, right? And mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and God uh, allowed that kid to be taken uh, from David and Bathsheba. And then David said, uh, where he's at, I will see him one day. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, where he's at, I'll see him one day. That's a confirmation uh, of the fact that we uh, will see uh, those who uh, children that never did get a chance to come on the earth, uh, even those who've been aborted, you know, and that's a bad way to go about it, seeing them in the next world, you boarded them. But uh, when uh, things happen in creation, because living in a cursed creation, uh, you know, uh, David made it clear he's going to be able to see uh, his uh, son one day. So uh, I just want to give you that encouraging word. Oh, well, God bless you, and I'll, I'll let you go to your other call, but thank you. That was tremendous. As I said, I, I didn't know I'd be talking about this, but it's, very, it's always on my mind, and now I have an answer. I'll see my, I'll see my child, and, and uh, you're right. Abortion is murder. There's no way around it, but I will That's see right. my child. It's murder, and it's murder, and it says those who commit it will uh, be cast into the lake of fire, Revelation 21 and 8. We better take that serious. Okay, well, God bless you both, and, and I'll, I'll get to my question next time, if that's okay. Yes, yes, and I do want to add this, that uh, people can repent of this now. Uh, I want to add that, you know, God forgives, but uh, there are consequences. All right, let's get to our next caller. Our time is almost out, Brother Gary. Yes, we got time for Darnell. Darnell, how you doing? How you doing, Dr. Buckner? I am truly blessed, sir, and how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. I had a question on false prophecy, well, at least evangelical false prophecy in regards to the election. As we all know, that Biden won the election. However, I had heard and read that uh, uh, some prophetic preachers uh, were predicting that Trump would win, and that God told them that Trump would win. Uh, but since now Biden is president, wouldn't that make them false prophets? Or would it not make some false prophets? They just made a mistake, and they thought they heard from God and didn't really hear from God. Well, I would say this, that uh, if they simply uh, predicted something in the name of, of God and in the name of Jesus, that would make them a false prophet because, uh, you, you know, that's something that you don't play with. You use the name of God. You can say, right. this is what I think was going to happen. And I feel that this is going to happen. But when you infuse God's name into it, that's a dangerous thing. It's like Harold Camping used to say uh, that, uh, you know, the world is going to come to an end. And every time he prophesied, it didn't happen. And, you know, right. uh, and so Jesus uh, made it very clear as well as regarding the end of time. It's, uh, he said, no man knoweth the day or the hour that the Father has uh, established. Uh, only the, not even the angels in heaven, but my father. And so, uh, but yet uh, right now uh, it's, uh, you know, 
it's still up in the air uh, with the whole election thing. I mean, it's uh, a situation that even though uh, they say he's the elect, uh, they're still going through votes and I uh, mean, through counts. And uh, there's some things going on, some fraudulent things that they're looking at. So uh, I'm just like saying, let everything play out uh, and see what happens. I'm not going to predict anything. I'm just going to simply say, Lord, let your will be done. Uh, yeah. And if it's your will uh, for uh, the president to continue, let it be. If it's not his, your will, let it be. Because irregardless of who's in office, uh, uh, we have a God that's over all of them. And we're responsible to him above all. And if they're out of line, God will straighten them out as well. Right, 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 right. Do you believe so, that God gets involved in individual countries' leadership, or that's just something that we as people of faith have the free will to decide, and that's not really, uh, well, I want to say, uh, a God thing? Oh, yeah, I think God is very much involved because... Uh, the Bible talks about he raises up and he brings down. And uh, it then it says for us to pray for our leaders. And then we see uh, God throughout history bringing down the emperors of Rome, uh, Herod. He struck him down uh, and many others. So God is very much involved. And Jesus even got in the face of Pontius Pilate. And he said, well, do you realize what I can do? And Jesus said, yeah. you wouldn't do that, be able to do anything unless God gave you the power to do it. So God is very much involved. And if leaders are not doing what he tells them to do, uh, he'll judge them too. He'll bring them down as well. So uh, that's the good thing about knowing we got a God that's on the throne. He's in control. And when Isaiah says, uh, when I saw the Lord, I saw him high and lifted up. And this train did fill the temple in Isaiah 6. So he's on the throne. He's in control. And uh, we don't put our ultimate faith in man because he can fail us. But we put our faith in in God above all. But you have a good question. I appreciate you. Is this your first time calling in? This is my first time calling in. I've listened to well, you um, off and on for a while. This is my first time calling in. We appreciate your first call calling in, my brother. And... Don't make it your last time. Call in again. We appreciate it. you have any prayer requests before we close? We're, we, we're running out of time, Doc. We're running out of time? Okay. Oh, okay. So we'll call in another time, and we'll, we'll put some prayer requests for you, brother. I will do that. Thank you, Doc. All right. God bless you. Thank you for your call. All right, All right Gary, folks. Dr. Homer, in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards or an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week. At this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip exhort and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.